0: You are listening to the Aim to Win in Business and Life podcast with Tony Coleman Brown, where we believe that in life, you're either winning or learning, but never losing. So let's get ready to win with Tony Coleman Brown.
1: Greetings and hello. On today's episode of the Aim to Win in Business and Life podcast, you're going to hear from Reverend Karen Rousseau who's going to teach you how to escape your money traps. So get ready to learn and get ready to win right now.
0: So I think we should begin by, um, you know, so Tony, I have I have good news for the community and I have bad news for the community. Which do you think people would want to hear first?
1: Uh, the good news. <laughs> the good news,
0: okay. <laughs> so the good news is is that it is absolutely possible for individuals who are business owners, and leaders of their wealth to develop the three critical areas that need to be developed so that we can be the leaders of our wealth that we want to be. And it's absolutely possible to break free of these money gaps. Now, there's bad news, so I should probably let you know, do you think people would want to know the bad news too? Yeah. (laughs) For sure. So the bad news, yeah, yeah, let's hear the bad. So the bad news is this, and the bad news is for most people, even if they're spiritually oriented, even if they're hardworking in their business, even if they've been on a lot of personal growth journeys, for most people, if they don't develop the three critical areas that we'll work with this evening, if they don't develop all three, what will happen is most people will just replicate the money results of their past. And for some, that might be a fine thing. If you've been satisfied with you're conditioning up until now and you simply want to repeat what's happened in the past then you really don't need to worry so much about developing your capacity to lead your wealth but for most people who are attracted to a message like this the call that you have in your business to make a contribution to make a difference to fulfill your destiny to serve people whatever your your why of your business is for most people it really does require that you're at your best and that's what escaping the money traps is all about So I'm going to start us off by asking everybody to set an intention. You can see that there's a picture here of some very cheerful, good-looking people with excellent teeth, and they're all very happy and delighted because they have an intention for leading their wealth. And one of the things that I would say is that, you know, as you listen to a conversation about escaping the money traps, knowing that you've got an intention such as, I want to be able to catch a bigger vision of how my business can serve or an intention like I'm ready to resolve that old disagreement with my former business partner or an intention like I really want to get my money management systems in a state of flow and order and excellence so I'm not bogged down whatever your intention is it's really powerful to have one So I don't know Tony if you're What what are you thinking that for many people, what kind of intention do you think they have about leading their wealth?
1: I think that most people have the the right intentions that they want to take charge and Um, take control of their financial uh, situation, but I think that sometimes they think that the task in front of them is so big that it's like a mountain that just can't be moved. And, you know, I think that a lot of times, um, you know, and it's fear, I think, sometimes. Fear is what stops, I believe, a lot of people from, you know, taking control and, and taking those steps that they need to take because, you know, I think a lot of times uh, people live in that that zone of, you know, they want to pray and hope that things will change um, or they just don't want to face some of, the, some of the issues that may be sometimes, um, they may be ashamed, you know, um, but I think that the intention is there. But I think that sometimes there's some underlying issues and emotions that they just – don't want to confront. What do you think?
0: Yeah. You know, I really hear you and, and I feel like that is it's very often very true that there's the sense of aspiration or desire that can be strong and it's the things that get in the way that seem to be the problem. Yeah. So one of the things I'm going to give a a personal growth tip right up front and that is for everyone who's connecting to this the idea that if there's any part of how you lead your business that's really working for you you can use it as a benchmark for improving the way you really lead your wealth the way you manage your money the way you grow your revenue so for example if you're an excellent you know creative If you're an excellent creative person or you're an excellent technician or you really know how to um, market and create great relationships with people or you've been quite successful in terms of developing your team, you know, if you've got any area of your business where you're successful, one of the things you can do is benchmark yourself. You can say, you know what, if I can do it here, then I know I can develop this in terms of leading the money aspect of my business. So that's, that's something that I think is always really powerful for people. All right, so you've got your intention, and now what we're going to take a look at is, you remember I talked about the three areas. I'm going to give us a framework called the money map for thinking about how our wealth gets created. And as you're looking at the screen here, um, I'm going to encourage you, if you're a journaler or a doodler, that you might even have a journal out or a piece of paper, and you can kind of take this idea of the money map and make it your own. So you can see that in the center of this map, there's a being, there's a stick figure. And that stick figure is you. And you can see it right in the center at the bottom, it says name and date. So if you're drawing your own money map, you could sketch it out in front of you and uh, make that person in the center of it your own. So if you need some cute shoes on that girl or a much much more, you know, their hairstyle, go ahead and put it on you can make that a little bit more of a smile on your face and write your name and today's date at the bottom. <coughs> Excuse me. So this is you and as you see there you are in the center of creating your wealth experience and at the bottom corner and it's the bottom left hand corner you'll see a box and the box is labeled what so and then in the upper right hand corner you see a doorway and that doorway is labeled what's possible now. Now what this represents is the dynamic tension in our business and professional and financial life. There's a tension between what's so, which is facts and circumstances. So if you were taking notes you could write what's so, you could write the facts of your money life. The what's possible now, the doorway opening, is the the why w h y the why or the dream or the vision of what you want to accomplish with your business with your finances with your profession for many people there's this idea that from where i am with the facts and circumstances i have the what so my journey into what's possible or the vision or the why for most people, and even using the word map makes you think this, for most people the idea is this is a journey over time with a lot of effort that will get me from a place I am now to a different place in the future. And I want us to consider a different way of thinking about the journey. You see, between the what's so and the what's possible now is you. And the premise of this conversation is that your wealth experience happens more through you than to you and that the wealth experience happens in three areas and you'll see in the upper left hand corner your spirituality about money and wealth you'll see right over the center of who you are your beliefs about yourself about money and about the world and in the bottom corner you'll see the area called habits which are your consistent behaviors and systems with money. So before I even um, go into each of the three areas, because that's really what tonight's conversation is about, it's about how in each of those three areas there's a trap or a challenge, there's a spiritual principle or law of money that sets us free, and I'm going to be telling a a story of a woman business owner and uh, giving you some examples of how you can put that law into action for yourself. And before we even go on, I'm going to go a little deeper into this idea about money. And you'll see at the top of your map, it says, what's the money for? So many will think that money is a thing with power, that having more of it is better than having less of it, that uh, money is uh, has a mind of its own and it's attracted to some people more than others. And it's, it can either, some would say the system is polluted and others would say it's um, it's the engine of capitalism and would attribute a lot of uh, power and meaning um, to money itself. But what I want to suggest is another way of thinking about money. So, Tony, I'm going to put this out as, a, as an idea about money and see how it, how it lands for you. Okay. So money, what if money was just a neutral substance? What if money was just a vehicle for communication, exchange? What if money was like language or technology? Money was just a thing that inherently is neutral. What if the power about money is the meaning we make about it? You see, meaning is the compilation of the story the value the importance what if money was neutral and the meaning we make about money is powerful and you and I we are the meaning makers and I'll give a little mini example then Tony see what feels like to you you know if every woman who is a business owner right now in this moment you think about your own current money circumstances how many people in your team or downline, how big is your database, what's your revenues per month, what's your profit margin, Uh, how many years you've been in business. You think about all of your money circumstances. If you were to compare those to somebody, a peer in your industry, who's doing what you think is much better, that woman business owner, she might feel a little bit of either maybe a little ambition or maybe a little envy or a, a, a certain kind of emotion comparing to someone doing better. But if that same woman was to compare her situation, like circumstance don't change, but that same woman business owner compares to you know the single mom who's moving out of the, the shelter with her young kids and really wants to start you know her own business, but really is starting from scratch. If you compare to that woman, they, our business owner might feel grateful and actually inspired to be helpful. And her circumstances haven't changed. But her meaning about how much money she has and what her story is can change So what do you think Tony
1: that's 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 an interesting uh, a concept so the question is what does money mean for me for me That's what you, that's the question right well and or go yeah, ahead well,
0: and I'm sort of saying like, yeah I'm sort of I'm sort of wondering like what if Money only means what we make it mean. Like, right. What if there's no? Yeah. Like, what? How would that be for thinking about the women that you support and you coach and you work with? Like, is that actually could that actually be more empowering to us if we realize we were the meaning makers?
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Well, and and there's really not there's not even so much a right answer in this. But right. Kind of feel even for you and me, like our energy shifts a little bit when we think like, well, wait a second, what if the construct of you know, are you at six figures yet? Well, girlfriend, when you get there, you need to then you gotta get to six figures. What if what if even that construct of that kind of ambition and measurement? What if we even broke that up and said, is it really about the money? Or right. and this is at the top of the map because this came through in a visioning session I did with a prayer partner of mine, it's like, it's not about the money. Right. It's what's the money for. Right. Like, what's the money serving? How is the money a tool for me circulating my good or sharing my gifts, which are very valuable, so valuable I'd do this even if I wasn't getting paid. Right. And I'm not, And I'm not so much saying, believe me, I, you know, I know that that for many, like, you know, getting the best marketing strategy you can and making sure your margins are excellent and hiring the right team and, you know, all of those tactics and strategies are valuable. And goodness, we want you to have successful, profitable, sustainable businesses. And I'm just saying I want us to really lift up our awareness about that we really are the ones who create the sense of meaning about our businesses and our money. Well, thank you for going on that little, that was a little bit of a, you know, kind of an opening our minds up journey. And now that you have this map, what we're going to do is we're going to go to each of the three areas, and I'm going to do the highlights of the trap and the principle and a story, and uh, then we'll ask you to kind of think about your own intention for folks who are listening and get at least one action in each area. And what I'll also say, Tony, is that for sometimes when people are listening to a message like this, I want to let everybody know that we do have a free bonus on our website. If you go to themoneykeys.com, you can get a, for free a book chapter and an audio called Escaping the Money Traps, which you know, gives you all the background detailed notes about the things I'm going to cover tonight. So for folks who are you know, here live on the webinar or listening to the replay or listening in your car, just know that you can go to themoneykeys.com to get that as a, as a good resource afterward. All right. So the first area, spirituality, the trap in the area of spirituality is scarcity. And you can see this young person here, this image on the screen, this is what scarcity feels like. The money trap of scarcity is the idea of lack. It's a feeling of not having enough. And we know we're in scarcity when there's concern or worry, and it can be mild. It can be a subtle worry about where's, uh, you know, next month's revenue going to come from. Or it could be abject terror, you know, payroll's coming up and I'm not sure how we're going to make it. So scarcity can look a lot of different flavors, but it's all form of fear. Now, it can almost feel like when we're in scarcity, if only I had more money, then I'd be okay. But I'm going to say something a little provocative which is this. Money worries are ultimately more of a faith issue than a financial one. Money worries more of a faith issue. When we're worried and afraid about money, what we're really longing for is a sense of peace, of unity. Because if we longer if we desire after the thing that never satisfies, there's never enough of that which doesn't satisfy. So I'm going to talk about the, the real escape for scarcity is the principle of unity. And you'll see that the circle, which represents no beginning and no end, and then the heart represents love, the principle of unity is a spiritual principle. And this is a spiritual principle that's found across the world's major religious traditions. And uh, I'm definitely not advocating any particular religion, but one of the things I am recommending is that if you are a religious person or a person of faith or a person of spiritual conviction or you have a high ethic or high values, that you bring that aspect of yourself into your business. It For many people, they sometimes will think, well, in business I have to be – um, tough and uh, intellectual, and separated from my spirituality. And what I'm going to say is, um, because business can be tough and challenging, you really need to bring the fullness of who you are there. And the principle of unity. What it means is, is that all of life is an interconnected whole. We are one with our spiritual source. So the Christian might say. The kingdom of heaven is within, and it is the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. The Hindu might say, thou art that, that this infinite, unknowable, creative void out of which creation comes, that is what I am created in. In the Jewish tradition, manna falls from heaven. Humanity is supplied by the divine. And there's example after example across religious traditions and in spiritual faiths where people really have this idea there's a capital S spiritual source that reveals itself through material channels. And here's the thing, when we're in scarcity, what we really want to do is deepen our relationship with the source. So this might sound a little bit um, abstract. I'm going to break it down as a specific example. I'm going to tell you the story of Kathy. And you'll see her smiling face right here. And after I talk about Kathy's story, Tony, I'll I'll give a recommendation to folks, then we'll pause for a comment. So Kathy, when I met her, she was, her business at the time was, she was creating promotional products, plastic promotional products for the mortgage industry which is not necessarily a business that we would recommend at this time. (laughs) You know, the um, plastic promotional products, the leave-behinds are on their way out because of environmental concerns and uh, the mortgage industry is not necessarily an industry right now that is spending a whole bunch of money on marketing products, right? So when I met Kathy, she knew she had to make changes in her business, but she was filled with fear. She really, she looked at her money map and she said, wow, I need to start with spirituality because the trap I'm in is scarcity. And what was happening for her is that she'd get up in the morning, she'd rush into her home office, and because she was so fearful, she started to frantically want to work to try to get new clients or try to keep her vendors from squeezing her on margins. And she found, actually, she was very unproductive. So what was happening with her is that her fear was squelching her spirit, and really creating for her a clouded mind and blocking her creativity. So what we decided to do is we really worked with her around connecting to her spiritual source. You see, the spiritual source is infinite and eternal. It's creative, it's unconditional, it's all love, it never goes away. Material channels are things like a great downline, a generous lover, a good real estate portfolio, a patented product, uh, a good market, a big database. And what was happening with Kathy is her material channels were changing, but she was trying to get from them something that she really needed to get from her spiritual source. So what she started to do was to activate she went back to doing something she used to do, which is she had she used to have what's called a spiritual practice, which is a regular practice in the morning of doing prayer and meditation. So what she did is she picked up the Money Keys Meditation CD, and she'd go into her quiet room in the morning and do the 18 minutes peace peace-be-still meditation. And she would do that day after day, and what started to happen is she started to feel connected to something greater, to feel at peace, to feel a sense that, You know, she has a destiny that's beyond just how her business is doing. And when you feel connected like that, when you've been through a spiritual practice, what happens is you get into the present moment. You see, if you're afraid, you're almost always in the future. Unless you're actually being chased by a bear, most people, when they're afraid, are worrying about something in the future rather than being in the present moment, where for many of us, you know, we are really – very lucky first world people with access to the Internet and clean water and everything that we need to survive in this moment and what Kathy caught is she started to feel connected to that sense of peace in the present moment then she'd go into her office and pretty quickly new creative ideas came and this picture you see in front of you this is Kathy with her water bottles she now does sustainable promotional products or causes she believes in. And this is the Denali Park in Alaska. This is their sustainable water bottle. Ah, So that's what happened for Kathy and I think and Tony what I'm recommending to folks is that you find some way to either rekindle or begin a practice in your life where you have some connection to your spiritual source. So if you're a person of prayer you say a prayer in the morning and include your business. If you like meditation, or journaling, or yoga, or reading, you do something that really helps you stay connected. And from that place, you'll be more peaceful and inspired in your business. All right, so I'm going to pause there. Tony, what do you think about this uh, ideas for this area of spirituality? You're right
1: on with everything that you're saying.
0: I appreciate you saying that. You know, it's really that the idea that the infinite source is a provider it's a really powerful. It's a really powerful idea about the divine, you know. And for many, the divine is, you know, beloved divine mother. It's the love of the divine, and then the divine is also the creative fathering aspect of the divine, which is energy and information. And whether you have a real idea of God or people would say higher power, of the universe, or however they would yes. say it, both of those aspects. There is a providing and loving nature. And, you know, that's really an important aspect of you being a filled-up, powerful leader, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. All right. Yes. So that's our spirituality. We get our spirituality. We, yeah, we move from scarcity into, you know, unity, and then we feel peace and connection. Yes. Now, the next area, remember, on the map is our beliefs and the area of so this is, oh this is us feeling connected so this is this image here is us feeling connected to source and so i guess my practical takeaway is for every person who's connecting with this message my encouragement is is find a way to reinvigorate that spiritual practice so that you can feel peaceful and if you need a a simple way to start get a really strong gratitude practice that that's a great way to start all right now the next area is beliefs, And you'll remember on the map that beliefs are right over the center of who we are. You see, beliefs are our thought, emotion, and conversation about ourselves, money, and the world. And the trap in the area of belief is the trap of superstition. And the image we have here is the individual in bondage. So beliefs, thought, emotion, conversation, patterns of thinking, and when we're, when we're blocked in our beliefs, it's superstition. Superstition is the mistaken idea that somebody or something outside of us controls our financial and professional and business lives. I call it the jail of our money past. If scarcity is about fear of the future, superstition is anger, resentment, shame, and guilt about our money past. You'll know you're in superstition if you have inner or outer conversation that says, well, if it wasn't for my business partner, the government, uh, these leaders, the people in this industry, my competition, the uh, vendors, uh, my spouse, family, clients, if it wasn't for fill in the blank, then I could be creative and free and prosperous in my business. If you have that even subtly, you're probably in some form of superstition. Now, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. When we're in superstition, what happens is is our creativity is stifled because our energy is not in the present moment. And we also are holding a bondage against ourselves. So the, the key to escape, to get out of this trap of superstition, is to activate the law of cause and effect. Now, the law of cause and effect, or some would say the law of attraction or the law of co-creation, is the idea, the principle, that our consciousness creates our experience. Remember earlier when I was talking about we are the meaning makers? You see, the law of cause and effect means that our life is the way that we, we experience our life based on our beliefs about it we are the ones who tell the story of our businesses and then we get to experience those stories so I've over and over again seen women who can take you know one set of circumstances and either tell a tragedy or a comedy based on how they interpret it the law of cause and effect is always happening you don't have to work hard uh, to make the law work all we need to do in order to get out of superstition is to be able to understand what our beliefs are that are limiting and holding us back forgive ourselves for those judgments and then and if we need to forgive others but because we're all connected forgiving yourself is the best place to start and then affirm what we desire I'm going to tell a story this is Alexa a beautiful young woman from the southern part of the United States and and when I met her it was wonderful to connect with her she um, she had some dreams about um, helping women of color with entrepreneurial ventures she wanted to do some traveling she was interested in some alternative investing but what was really very poignant about her experiences when she looked at her money map she said you know what I've got to forgive myself I need to work on my beliefs you see when I met her she was spending eight to ten hours a day in a cubicle as a risk analyst for a large manufacturing company and feeling kind of bad about choices and mistakes and issues that had happened in her past life so she'd gotten involved in a direct marketing company that didn't go as she had thought she would had some real estate investments that didn't go as planned and in many ways you know i i imagine that you know for people on the line who has not joined a direct marketing company i think there's been three in the last five years that I've, you know, started. This you know, everybody, right? Everybody's tried a little bit of this or a little bit of that. But the problem with this beautiful being is that she didn't feel good about her experience. So she was willing. You know, she was in that cubicle, but not of it. She was willing to do the work that's required to shift beliefs. And so what she would do is she would take Money Keys Chapter 5 out to her car at lunchtime and do her journaling about her money beliefs about herself and about money itself and about the world. She'd inventory those judgments about herself and then she'd call her prosperity partner. She'd release the emotions. And then after she felt more free, she started to affirm, I am in the rhythm of creativity. I am creating a a life that works for me. She started to affirm the things that really meant something to her. And pretty quickly, what ended up happening is she got some interesting results, so you'll see this image of results here on the screen, is that for Alexa, she started to become a bit of a star at the manufacturing company because she felt so good about herself, and she was sent to, you know, cover for someone who uh, had taken maternity leave at a certain plant and worked there for a while, and she got to travel and serve on committees, and she became the creative contributor and leader in her current circumstance. And then her alumni association called and said we're looking for someone to mentor young women, and her dream of mentoring became something that could really work easily for her. She began to have results in ways that were expected and unexpected because she felt free. So the recommendation here in terms of shifting beliefs, and I'll give this recommendation and then, Tony, see, see how you relate to this one, My recommendation here is if you wanna if you've got any sense of either guilt or shame or anger or resentment, is I encourage you to have one experience from your money past where you are willing to forgive yourself. And to go through that process of writing out what happened, sharing it with a mentor or a coach or a friend, releasing the emotion attached to it, and then starting to affirm what you choose, what you want to create. And that can make a big difference so so we've done is this great we've done spirituality and belief, and now we 're going to go into the area of your habits with money, yes, which is your systems and your transactions and your behaviors and the trap in this area is survival mode, so this gal has painted herself into a corner, and uh, that 's what survival mode feels like. Survival mode is being so drained by your money transactions, systems, behaviors, decisions, that you just don't know what to do next. Survival mode is being in financial quicksand. It's feeling stuck with your money. And when you're in survival mode, you'll know it because you've got commingled personal and business accounts. You know, uh, payroll is always uh, way tenser and more difficult than it needs to be. Uh, Maybe you've got back either reconciliations or taxes or you still have the titling is incorrect on different investments, but you'll know you're in survival mode if it takes way more energy than you think it should for you to just keep up financially. Now, you're not a bad person if you're in survival mode, and it can sometimes feel like all I need is just more team or more money. Now, more team and more money can definitely shift circumstances, but really it's a call the law or the principle of circulation and circulation you can see the infinity symbol there is the principle that all of life is giving and receiving all of life is this infinite flow. so to be excellent in your money systems and habits and behaviors and decisions you must be a gracious receiver and a generous giver not just of your money but of your time energy and attention to learn and execute the things you need to do. So one of the things I just see with people is that when you really catch this, it's like health and vitality in the body. You must have excellent circulation, right, to be healthy. The same thing happens with your money. So when you're in survival mode, the way to get out of it is to give your attention and in many ways grow yourself in terms of education as well as to be an excellent giver and receiver of money. So I'm going to tell a story. This is a uh, Bronwyn Marmo, and she's a lovely, talented woman. When I met her, she had um, I met her at a time when she had written a beautiful book called The Food is a Lie, The Truth is Within, A Spiritual Solution to Weight Loss and Balanced Health. And Bronwyn had released 60 pounds of weight through a spiritual experience. She'd kept it off for 10 years. She wrote this beautiful, sweet book. And uh, she was doing a little bit of coaching. Her kids were kind of young school age. And she really knew a bigger vision was there for her. But when she looked at her money map, she realized my habits are not as strong as I want them to be. I'm still treating my business more like a hobby than a business. And uh, God bless him, John Assaraf says, if you um, treat your business like a hobby, it will cost you like a hobby. You know, <laughs> And uh, that was Similar thing was true for Broadwin. So she was still, um, you know, if a, co- a coaching client would give her a check, she would put it in the bottom of her bag, and after she took the kids to swimming later in the week, she might go deposit the check. She just didn't have systems. She didn't have a plan. And she also realized that, that she was feeling a little bit um, unsure of how to set things up. So what she decided to do was she decided to treat even her modestly, you know, her business was not large-sized, but she decided to give it the sacred attention of really being a strong and vital business. So what she started to do was she gave her attention. At the first thing she did is she gave her attention to creating a system, and her first system was a system for what's called spiritual giving. And some will hear the idea of tithing. So the first thing you do is you give a hun- you give thanks for the hundred percent that comes in. So when she got those checks from a a coaching client, she would bless that 100% that came in, and she'd take care of depositing it right away, and the very first thing she'd do is she would write a tithe check. Now, tithe is a tenth. Uh, The the word tithe means one-tenth. What Bronwyn did is she gave 10% off the top, and then would deposit the rest, and and then she put together a separate account for her business, she hired a... uh, An accountant bookkeeper to come and set up some very simple systems simple enough so that she could run them at the beginning so she got comfortable with them and just by giving her attention and being a gracious receiver and being more engaged in the spiritual flow and giving immediately she got an opportunity to do some local television more coaching clients another business opportunity came her way she immediately got herself in a system and a rhythm that allowed her to grow. So for many people my recommendation is is for you to become and you can see here you plant the seeds of generosity and gratitude and excellence and you receive the flow in terms of money and benefit in your business. I encourage everyone who's running a business I would definitely encourage two things. Number one is I really encourage spiritual giving. If you you know, are a tither, wonderful, do it consistently with joy and gratitude. But if you're not um, giving in your business, I encourage you to give off the top, even if it's one tenth of one percent, so that you establish your business as a gracious, generous, circulating business. You see, tithing is a practice like prayer and meditation. It is its own reward. Uh, when you're a generous gracious receiver and giver what you end up doing is you're in circulation and order and flow now no matter if your amounts are what some might call big or some might call little and the second recommendation I have and then Tony I'll pause for your comments on this area the second recommendation is take one financial behavior in your business and turn it from a burden into a blessing a burden into a blessing so take one area that might be messy and really give it your sacred attention so you can make it excellent and orderly and if you just start one at a time you'll find you really get some momentum and traction so i'm i've gone back to the beginning just to show you the map where we've been mm-hmm. we've covered you know there you are in the center between the facts and your dream and in the area of spirituality we move out of scarcity through unity into peace in the area of beliefs we move out of that jail of superstition we use the cause and effect to be able to have a sense of freedom and choice. And in the area of habits, we move from survival mode through circulation into order and flow. And part of what we're creating here is we're putting things together. We're creating a cohesive whole. So, say um, If you want to stay connected with me for sure, go to The Money Keys and get the book chapter and audio, and that will get you connected to our online community. And you can also go to... Um, on Facebook, you can find Karen Russo, your spiritual guide in wealth, and like the page there, and we can stay chatting and connected there. So those, all three of those things, will be evergreen. TheMoneyKeys.com to get on the uh, the community, the Facebook page, Karen Russo, your spiritual guide in wealth. MoneyKeysKit.com. Thank you for listening to the Aim to Win in Business and Life podcast with Tony Coleman-Brown. Please visit TonyColemanBrown.com for more information on this episode and get ready to win.